this is Charlottesville Tomorrow. Charlottesville Tomorrow is a nonprofit organization engaging the public on critical quality of life issues so we make informed choices for our community's future. Visit us on the web at seavilletomorrow.org. On November 7, 2017, voters in the city of Charlottesville go to the polls to elect their representatives to three seats on the Charlottesville School Board. This recording is Brian Wheeler's September 29, 2017 interview with incumbent Juan Diego Wade. Other candidates in this race include incumbent Leah Perrier and Lisa Larson Torres. Mr. Wade, thank you for participating in this interview with Charlottesville Tomorrow. The complete audio recording and written transcript for this interview will be available online. Information from this interview will be used in the compilation of the Nonpartisan Voter Guide being produced by Charlottesville Tomorrow. Charlottesville Tomorrow does not endorse any candidates, and our goal is to provide information to the public so they can make an informed vote on issues primarily related to land use, transportation, public education, and community design. As you are aware, the first two questions you will be asked have been provided in advance. For the others, you've been provided only the topic in advance. All school board candidates will be asked the same questions. We ask that you keep these questions confidential until all candidates have been interviewed. Each candidate will be provided an opportunity to review the excerpts selected for the voter guide before its publication. Are you ready to start? I'm ready. Question number one. Please describe your past experience that qualifies you to be on the Charlottesville School Board. I'm currently in my third term as the school board um, on the Charlottesville City School Board. I'm um, in my second time as chair of the city of Charlottesville School Board. Additionally, I served on the Virginia State School Boards Association Executive Board, served as president in, of the Virginia State School, State School Board Association in 2015, where I had the opportunity to travel around not only the, the state but the country and um, talk about public education, learn about public education, but also bring that, that knowledge back to back home and use it here in the city of Charlottesville. Um, um, additionally, I am. Um, I feel like um, I'm qualified because I I love public education. I'm passionate about the city of Charlottesville, where I live, and where um, I've raised my daughter, who's a sophomore at Charlottesville High School. Um, I think that qualifies me to serve a fourth term um, for on the city of Charlottesville school board. Question number two. What is your top priority for action by the school board during the next four years? Um, I've been thinking about this, and I have really three priorities that I have for the next four years. And, and, and I can't remember what I've said in the past, but I'm sure that I've had these before. Um, and one is student achievement, not, not just a certain um, segment of students, but all student achievement teacher compensation, and that is something that um, um, that not only I, but the school board is focusing in um, this year, and also facilities improvements. So those are my top three, student achievement, teacher compensation, and facilities improvement. Those are my top um, um, priorities for the next four years. And and I believe that, um, that if those areas can be addressed, that we're really going to take our school system to the, to the next level. Um, student achievement, 
it's why we're here. We want all of our students to achieve. We come from a very di diverse city and district where students come in at different levels, and we don't want to just focus on those students that may need extra help and those students that may are already at a high level. We need to raise the student achievement of every student, and that is something I will continue to focus on. Um, teacher compensation, we are losing qualified teachers each and every year because um, we, we're competing against other um, professions. And um, when we go to a teacher's, um, a teacher's um, a job fair, we're not only competing against different school districts, we're now competing against um, IT firms, um, uh, engineering firms um, for those math and science and STEM teachers. So we need to increase the pay. Um, we know that teachers don't necessarily get into this profession because of pay. Um, and, and I know this, my father was a teacher in the Richmond Public School System for nearly 40 years, and and he raised, I don't know how he did it, but he raised um, my five brothers and sisters and I and, and his family and, my, and his, his wife on that salary. Um, but we we think that we can do more to compensate um, our teachers for the work that they do, for everything they do above and beyond the call of duty. Secondly, um, the uh, facilities. We we have a good problem with the city of Charlottesville. We are growing, and we know that the facilities that we have with the projections of the growth and things that we have, that our facilities are woefully um, inadequate. And so we're going to be working with coming up with a plan to uh, um, address that. So those are my top three priorities. Question number three. What are your priorities for the Charlottesville Albemarle Technical Education Center, and should KTech build a new facility at the Piedmont Virginia Community College? Um, I, um, I'm, I currently serve on the KTEC Board of Directors as um, Vice Chair um, of that, that board. I've served on it before in my previous past year, um, tenure, 12 years. Um, I think it's very important. In, in my professional hat as someone who's a career um, counselor, I know that the, that the work that KTEC does is very important. And I will, um, and, and, and it's going to continue to be more important. We, um, the KTEC board, the current board, has identified not, um, that we need to de determine what we're going to do with our current facilities. And they, they have appointed me chair or of that committee to determine that over the next, by March. We need to come up with a report by March of 2018, determine what are those facilities going to look like. Will it be at KTEC? Will it be kind of scattered throughout um, the various high schools? What is what exactly is it going to look like? It could be it could be a PVCC. We're going to really evaluate that, and we may need to bring some extra help, but we think it's vitally important that KTEC is what the um, the, the the information, I mean, the, the skills and things that they're learning there is vitally important. I'm going to give you an example of something that, that we're coming up, that we're doing. They have a food bus that we have acquired, and we're going to, that, that, we're going to take this old school bus, we're going to fix it up. That's going to incorporate our, our, our food, our culinary department there. We're going to have some wires and stuff. It's going to, inquire, it's going to involve the, our, our IT as well as our woodworking and, and shop. So, and they're going to be able to, to, to take that to various events around town and, and be able to, to show what 
K-Tech is about. And that's kind of an example of how it's all in, you know, um, teaching sk- the students the skills that they're going to need once they get outside um, the, um, the the school. Um, additionally, K-Tech, I know that they are constantly going out to um, the public, to the businesses, to finding out how are we doing. Are, are we providing the, the students and that you need, um, the, the candidates that you need to hire? Um, and many of our um, student, students in, in auto body, they have a job before they, they, they graduate. And, and we want to develop those type of programs that, that the students will be able to find jobs, find employment um, once that they, they get out. Additionally, with my kind of um, career development hat on, um, this is the type of skills that I know that employers are looking for. When I'm going out, um, helping someone with their resume, helping someone with a job interview, helping someone determine what they want to do for um, for, li- um, for the rest of their life or for a particular career development. This is the type of skills that they want. They they don't ask necessarily, what was that student's GPA? What was that class rank? How many AP classes did they take? They want to know, can they do the job? And that is the type of skills that, that K-Tech teaches. And so with my school board hat on, it's a real thin line that I have to draw because I don't want to, to students not to take those rigorous courses. But I also want to cautious them, ca- ca- be, for them to be cautious that for someone who reads job descriptions hundreds a week, I can't tell you not one that asks those questions. What were your GPA, your your class rank, um, how many AP or dual enrollment classes that you you took? They want to know if you can do the job, and 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 part of that is teaching the the skills and things that they need to do those jobs. So K Tech is very important. It's something very close to me. That I that um, that I can use my professional skills that I have that I do on a daily basis when I go there with my um, hat on. So um, I'm glad that they appointed me um, pre- chair of that kind of facilities committee for for K Tech. We're probably going to be meeting the first time um, mid October um, with the various um, superintendents and um, chairs um, um, with members also of the various um, the county school board. Also. KTEC is an uh, uh, is an opportunity to show the public that the city and the county can work together. It's a it's a true success success story of how the city and the county can work together. Not only elected officials, but um, school officials. And we are in the same building. We we've we've worked out agreements of of uh, rent of um, administration. We we can do this. KTEC is a living, breathing example every day when students come in there of bringing the kids from. The, County schools, city schools, um, together to learn um, and eat um, 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 together. Question number four. Name both a revenue item and an expense item in the school budget that you're concerned about and tell us why. Um, there's a lot of um, things that um, that um, that concerns me with with budgets. Um, uh, although we we're you know going around the state and the country, we are blessed here with the budget that that we have. But it's two things with the on the revenue side. I'm concerned about the federal um, the monies we get from the federal side um, because that's never a given. That could change with various administration. We're particularly concerned now with the current administration. And um, from the expense side, it's personnel. That's the biggest cost to any 
um, school district around the country. And and it's a concern to me because I think it needs to be more. <laughs> I, I'm, we're, we're actually working on a, a, um, a study now as to where we can, um, to see how we can increase teachers' pay. And I know that the county is working on that uh, that as well. And I think that we have to do those type of things together because, you know, when someone decides to come to this area to teach, whether their spouse is, is at the university for several years or they want to come here to live, the city and the county, HR, we're competing against each other for 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 teachers. Um, and um, so that that is something that, you know, that we hope to get information and things back from that study that we're able to have an impact on the budget that we're pulling together that will ultimately be adopted in the spring of 2018. Question number five. What would you like to see changed about the way the school board and the superintendent do business both at its meetings and outside the public eye? Well, I think that I would... um, I've been to a lot of meetings over the past 12 years, and even before that uh, in my role as... Um, the county's transportation planner for nearly 20 years. I've, I've, I've been in a lot of meetings, and, I, and I've see, seen our meetings populated um, by, um, you know, usually a small set of individuals who come to every meeting, and I think that's great. But sometimes that could be intimidating to individuals who may not be inclined to, to come out to to meetings and may not be as articulate to uh, on certain issues that some other people are. What I would like to do is to maybe try to, you know, this might be self-serving, but maybe shorten our meetings. And, and, and um, But, you, you know, if we know that a meeting is going to last for two hours, then people can kind of plan their meeting, their, their schedule around that. So I would like to shorten the meeting, but also maybe to see if we can take the meetings to um, the public. And Charlottesville is 10 square miles. There's maybe some unique things that we can do. And I know there's some logistical things we have to consider um, with, um, you know, with having to have things recorded and, you know, for for um, state purposes and things like that. But that's something that I would like to look at and make it more user-friendly um, for the public to, to um, have input on because it is really... Um, it is really where the local government gives the most of most of their money, but our, our meetings are not as well as attended as maybe the city council meetings or or um, other meetings. But this is where a large majority of the funds go. And 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 I can tell you, who's someone who's been at really heated transportation meetings, and someone who's been at really heated. Um, education or school board meetings and people are really passionate when something kind of touches a nerve they will come out for school board but you know in some sense when school board meetings are not well attended you know maybe things are going okay maybe things are fine but I know that when things are when something touches a nerve and I see a lot of extra people in audience my first question is what's on the agenda that could make you know those, all these extra people here, and and it's good to hear input from them. Um, something that we did over the last year, we have implemented to have a student representative as part of our board, and we thought about this and baited this for several years, and we have had um, for the last year, we've had a student representative on on our school board. It was one of the best decisions 
that that we did is, is countless discussions that we had, and we the school board members going back and forth, back back and forth, and that student will raise their hand and just offer a succinct input and just kind of puts us all back in our place and say, you know what, that's that's why we're here. That's why we have that person on the school board. And the way we have set it up is that we have um, three different representatives throughout the, the year, three or four months that they will serve, and so that we can really broaden that. And we let the students um, decide who that would be um, through um, the high school process. And um, so it's been a valuable addition. We want to continue that, that, that um, to have that um, input um, of a student representative on the school board. And the second part of the question had to do with um, outside the public eye. Is there anything you would want to change about the school board and superintendent, um, how you do business? You know, I really don't think so. I am, um, um, Charlottesville is a very relational type of place. And even at our most heated meetings with school board members where we don't agree, even even though we probably all have similar mindset, I can't think of a, seat in, a single meeting over the last 12 years um, that after which I couldn't go and talk to a school board member or about, you know, what's, you know what they're going to do now um, after the meeting or whatever. It's, it's gotten heated, but it's never personal. And, I, and, and I, you know, I, I like that. I, I like that we can have those heated discussions, but it's not personal because I know that we're all there for the same reason, and that is for the students and, and for the city of Charlottesville. Um, so I really can't think of anything that we we're, we're open. It's not a lot of um you know all of our meetings are, are advertised. We don't do a lot of round the corner back ways you know emailing and stuff like that. Everything's open. Even if we tried, I think that someone would know by noon because Charlottesville is so small and so relational. It's it's good and bad, but um, it, it is what it is. And so I I can't think of anything that we would that I would do to change that. Question number six. What would you change about teacher compensation and performance measurements if elected? Um, I think I talked about a study that we have um, to study teachers' um, compensation. So I'm going to talk a little bit of, about their performance measurements. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's a difficult job. It's a difficult job. So much is brought to the front door of the schools that we have to deal with as a school district. And we're not shying away from that. We have to deal with um, abuse, hunger, poverty, um, and now 812. Everything's brought to the front door of the schools. Of the schools, and, and, and yet we are putting more and more on our teachers and expect them to, um, um, to measure up to the SOLs and things, and, that, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't, but I want to think about that teacher, that they're in that classroom, and, and I think that the state, with the various guidelines and things, it's almost 90% of their day is mandated. And so it's very little that that teacher can do if they wanted to implement a special program. There is some flexibility, but it's just not a whole lot. Um, and so um, I think that we want to always look at that. We, we have various ways that, you know, we work with the, the, the teachers. If that teacher is maybe having a problem or struggling, that we want to help that teacher. And um, um, I, various statistics out there that, you know, um, half of the teachers 
that come into this profession are out within um, five years or three years, I think. It's a tough. It's a tough job. <coughs> it's a very tough job um, to do, and um, um, we want to to do things to boost morale and things as much as possible. We're, we're in a good shape here in the city of Charlottesville. All of our schools are accredited. We're we're relatively speaking, we're well funded. We have great facilities, um, but we still come from a, a district where we have. Um, Medium income could be, you know, in one census tract could be seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars, and another one could be two hundred thousand dollars. All of those students are coming to the same elementary school. Well, you know, you know, they 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 all come to the same schools, middle schools, and high schools, and we we have to. You know, that teacher has to take that kid to come into that classroom that may have a vocabulary of 5,000 words and one that might have a vocabulary of 50,000 words. We can't say, okay, well, you didn't test well. You have to, you can't come to the school. We have to take them all in. And and we're doing great. We're doing something great in this district. Our test scores are going up. We have three to 400 people that pay to come to this district. So our staff and our teachers are doing something right because they have a product that people Will, will, that's, that will pay outside a district to come in for um, to, to, to be part of. Question number seven. If elected, what will you do to help our community move forward in the aftermath of this past summer's violent demonstrations, and how will you seek to best represent and effectively serve our economically and racially diverse communities? Um, that's a difficult question because it's 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 so many ways that to to impact that one of the things that I think I would do that that I that I would do I am doing now I I have been because I I started in this community as a um working with nonprofits and volunteering and tutoring and mentoring in the community and ultimately decided to run for school board in 2006 but I've been doing that for well over 15 years is to let all of our families know about the um opportunities to be involved in the community. I think that if some of our families knew, if the public knew that some of our students in, in our community, um, uh, you know, they, they may not, they may have three or four families living in, in a small apartment, you know, because they, 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 they don't want, their parents may not want a family to go homeless. And so you imagine that, that you know, they have this situation where they don't have a, a little quiet place space in the house where they can go squirrel around, squirrel down and do their homework. They always have someone around them and they, they may throw off their concentration or their parents may have to work two or three jobs and they don't have anyone to help them with that math problem that they, that they have to do by the next day. I think if families knew the opportunities that were out there that maybe they could, you know, not legally, but this may be adopt a, a family that they can provide some support to, that they can Maybe if their son or daughter, because the mom is at work, that they could say, you know what, uh, I'll take your son or daughter to um, the tutoring or uh, after school program or, or whatever the, it, it may be to let the, you know to let families know of the various opportunities um, in in our community. It's it comes full full c circle. I was just in Walker Elementary School just on Tuesday happened to be in the office at the first day of school, and I saw um, a, a lady walk in from International Rescue Committee. She walked in, 
she had a family of four behind them. And I was in the office, and I kind of was sitting down, and she said, well, this is the first day of a fam- of that I would like to enroll this family in in school. And and I had never se- actually seen that process before of what happens. You know, they had never, they probably just, I don't know, I would imagine a couple of months ago, they may have been in a refugee camp somewhere that we have seen on TV. And here they are here in the city of Charlottesville, enrolling in school for the first time. And and I, I wish, you know, I know this is this is radio, I wish you could have seen the smile on the two kids' face and the parents' face because they, they'll probably say, they, we are now have some normalcy in, in, our, in our family. And I was like, you know, as bad as these, long as these meetings get and things, but that is what we're here for, to educate, you know, kids. Um, and to provide opportunities for this family. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that this family, likely what they've been through, they're going to take advantage of every opportunity that the school system has to offer. And, um, and, and I think that we need that. I need that reminder every once in a while, and I'm glad that I just happened to be there that day to see that process. And that reception is, by the way, you know, welcome the family and say, you know, here's here's what you do. She, it's, 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 of course, a lot of forms that they have to fill out, but um, they were ready. They probably would have been there all day if they needed to to fill out paper because I think that that, that family was was ready to to start this new chapter in their life. Question number eight: What are your priorities for the school division's future facility needs? That is something that we are actively working on. And speaking of long meetings, we just had a long meeting a few days ago, over four hours just dealing with this. We know that over the next two years, the next two years, we are going to have an influx of over 300 elementary school students. That is, for the city of Charlottesville, that is one school. That is one school. Our largest school has about 374 people, students in it. That is one school we know because there's a demand and the houses will be done. And so we have to figure out pretty soon what we're going to do with that. So a lot of options out there. Are we going to build a new elementary school? Are we going to um, add on to each of our five existing elementary schools? Are we going to add on to one or two elementary schools that might have some um, some capacity or, uh, or some room to grow? But... Those 300 students, they, they just don't start there. They, they go through the system. So we're going to have to improve Walker. We're going to have to improve Buford. And um, we, have, we do have some capacity in, in the high school, but um, you, you, you've seen it around Charlottesville. They're building on sites now that five years ago they would not have built on. They're flattening it out um, and putting, you know, apartments and things like that on, on those um, properties and um, and homes and other places. So we we uh, we we have a capacity problem. We have a study. We have some consultants um, that we're looking at. And the school board. We are reviewing this information. We want to be able to make a decision on this with public input through the month of probably October and November, so that we can have this deci- information, so that we can present it as part of our budget to the city council in. Um, February of 2018, because we need to start building. Um, uh, we have a three and four year old program, which is um, unique around the state to have you know 20 classrooms of three and four years old. Um, 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 so we need to decide right now. They're in elementary schools. Um, are we going to have that in those in one building? 
Are we going to um, continue to have them at our various um, elementary school? If we do that, will we be able to bring our fifth grades ba- back to those elementary school? I mean, we're already using every single space that we have now. So those are some de- de- some um, decisions and questions that we have to 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 make. Um, personally, I think I would like to see Buford Middle School to be a traditional middle school, sixth through eighth grade, um, to reduce some of the, the transitions um, that we have. Um, um, so. Um, but we need to see what um, the, the consultants come back with, the numbers we're working with, the Weldon Cooper Center, VMDO, and the city of Charlottesville, who maintains our building. So we're, we're looking into the, all of that information. Question number nine. What are, what are your views on the role of technology in education, and what issues related to technology should the board be responsible for addressing? Um, te- technology is is um, is um, I-, I see technology as as a tool that we have in in school um, in a school setting. Um, we have um, for grades five through twelve, we have one to one. Kids get to their own computer, and for the elementary schools, it's, it's two to two to, two to one. Um, and so we have been. Um, not not forced to, but um, you know certain tests and things that the state give. You know, it's only done on on the computer, and um, I think that if you think about the high school, the new high schools and things of the future, it's going to be a lot different because of technology. We we may not need a, a huge building because um, you you know you can get the same impact if if maybe. Um, you had that classroom at the local library in in their public room or another type of open open space. So those are um, I see technology as as again a tool that that we use. But I think it's important. I don't think that we can say that you know which I hear sometimes is that you know when I was went up when I was went to school we didn't have those computers yada yada. You know I I don't think that we can say that. I, I just don't think that's fair. To us as school board members, um, when we're looking at funding, or to the young people who, you know, we ask them to go and set up a canvas or power school and to put their information on. They're going to, that's what the colleges are going to expect, and so our students will help them be prepared. But we want to, them to know that it's only going to be part of that education process. Once they get that information, they're still going to have to evaluate it, interpret it. Determine to use it um, um, uh, uh, in the most efficient way, but the most w- way that it, it will get, you know, allow the student to have the assignment that the, the teacher asked for. I want to make sure I understood two terms there. Okay. One of which I think I know, the other I hope you'll explain. You said Canvas and PowerSchool. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Canvas is, is the the uh, software or the place where students get their high school assignments and the teachers place them. And so the teacher might say, I'm going to put your homework assignment um, on Canvas, and you go there based on. And PowerSchool is, a, is probably a, a, a tool. It is a tool that we parents and students can use to access grades and information and things like that. So it's, um, it's, a, it's, it's, um, it's something that um, we we used to kind of keep track of assignments. Question number ten: 
Why do we have persistent achievement or opportunity gaps? And how do we ensure student success is no longer predictable by student race or any other cultural, economic, or social factor? You know, I, I touched on this some before. Um, I think that um, that it all really begins with, with what we're doing, um, education. I think that if each of our children had a good quality education, they will be able to get a good paying job, be able to be, live in a safe environment, be able to provide the things for their children that they need, and that that all starts from from birth. We know that the most critical time for children is zero to three years old. Zero to three years old, and as you know, kindergarten, you don't get into kindergarten to the fifth grade, so the most critical time, we don't have them. And so we start off with a four-year classroom, and now we have three-year three-year classrooms. We know the earlier that we get them, for many of our students, the earlier we get them, the more impact that we that we can have. Um, and and a lot of this, unfortunately, is 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 predicted by by race. I'm African American male. Even in my stature in this community, I I've been pulled over by police. I've been followed in stores. I can only imagine what. Um, some of the, um, our students have to go through. One of the things that, that I do in, in the community, I do volunteer and mentor a lot. Um, one group is from my church, is, a, is in Western Albemarle, and many of my students come from Western Albemarle High School, and also do a lot of mentoring and tutoring here in Charlottesville, where we take our groups to, dip, to stores and things. I, um, uh, the white students are just given a lot more Flexibility and things in the store um, than my black students, and and that's just, and that's just, I can imagine what after thirty, forty, fifty, sixty years of that kind of stress that you know you're different, you're not you know that you viewed as a certain way that 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 can just weigh on individuals, um, and all of this again is brought to the front door of of the classrooms. Um, uh, of, of the front door of, of the schools. When I first got on the board, the um, graduation rate for African-American students in the city of Charlottesville was in the 60 percentile. Now we're about 90 percentile. We are working on it. Um, one thing, um, a, a students at the third grade level, they are, um, they're not at where we want them to be, but we know that as we work with them for the next um, eight, nine, ten years, they are graduating. They are where they're supposed to be, but it takes time, all because, you know, that, that zero to three years old, it takes time to catch up. It takes time. And we have the resources. We, we have programs and things that we can identify. We can work on it, but just it just takes time. And um, I think that what happened on 812, we, we, we see that, that there's still some divisions in, in the community, in this world, but I think Charlottesville is the ideal place to to deal with it. And you mentioned eight twelve, and just for our listeners, that's the shorthand like nine eleven. Unfortunately for Charlottesville, yes, the yes. August twelfth um, uh, demonstrations and the tragedy here. Yes, sir. Question number eleven: How should the school division ensure student success in the world of work and college beyond academics? I think um, if I can sum it up in three words, it would be internships, it would be critical thinkers, and it would be soft skills. And that is kind of the combination of my 
professional hat as a career counselor and um, my hat as a school board member. I think if students can come out with those skills, then they are ready to take on the world. Um, internships, critical thinking, and to have soft skills. To be able to carry on a conversation with someone, look them in the eye, shake their hand, um, tell them how you feel or your position on something without resorting to shorthand or cursing or whatever. To be able to um, um, have real-world experience in whatever field that you're going into. In an internship, you might try it, and you, you may realize that, you know what, I'm glad I did an internship because I don't want to do that for the next 30 or 40 years. That is perfectly fine. And to be able to be critical thinking, um, and that's that's really important because, you know, for, for me, I've worked with the County of Albemarle my entire professional career from, from, from 1991 to current. Um, and and I, I did make a career change um, with the county, but um, someone like me is going to be very unusual in a new workplace environment. It's, it's predicted that people are going to be able to they're going to have to change their not only their careers, their jobs six to eight times, and um, because the jobs may be eliminated or new jobs will be created, and you're going to have to be able to have critical thinking. They can teach you how to make their widget. They can't teach you those soft skills and how to think critically. That is something that we need to do um, starting here, um, uh, K through 12 education. Juan Diego Wade, thank you for participating in this interview with Charlottesville tomorrow. Thank you.